Thank you for listening to Kung Fu Podcast, culture, adventure, and the impact of martial arts. To those who have an interest not only in the history, but the presence that a lifestyle and a code can bring to us today, that's what we study here. I'm your host, T.W. Smith. In today's podcast, episode number three, we're going to be talking about the story of the young warrior monks against the Woku pirates. We're going to follow a young man named Louis through the spring of 1553. This is a story that I created to tell the facts of history as we can find them in artifacts and documents today. You can check the resources links here at the end of the PDF file or on the website if you would like to learn a little bit more about those smart guys and gals who dig into history quite a bit. I want to up front thank Mr. Ben Juckins again at the Kung Fu Tea blog for his assistance and always his support in some of the things that we're doing here at Kung Fu Podcasts. I'm looking at a map here of the Ming Dynasty between 1368 and 1644, before the Qing Dynasty took in, primarily looking at the east coast of China, where the city of Nanjing and the East China Sea and the Yellow Sea all come together. Louis sits outside the Shaolin Temple on the spring morning. It's the Ming Dynasty, 1550 A.D. The winter still bites a little bit in the morning, and the Yellow River flows below, moving crisply this morning, looking cold as ever. His meditation is distracted with the vision of the black dragon that stirs the sea. He got to see it during the last full moon. Louis' great-grandfather had told him of the black dragon, and it always seemed like a story of legend more than reality. The story spread in the 7th century, and its greatest power is on the 18th day of the 8th lunar month where the sun, moon, and earth are all all in the same line. Louis had learned the technique of Black Dragon Stirs the Sea from his Sifu during his Shingi training. But to actually see the origin of its name at the Cheungtong River in the city of Hangzhou just filled him with power, and his meditation drifted in that direction. When you see the images of the river. It looks like a giant serpent swirling into the sea. It can raise the waters up to 25 foot high and it moves them at almost 25 miles an hour. But it's not only the power that you can see, but the very deep roar as it is born from the sea. The sound can be heard for great distances as it comes forth into the city. He understands now why Sifu would often say, Trap your opponent between the yin and the yang. There is no escape. The morning practice is interrupted with the arrival of a messenger outside of the temple wall. The vice commissioner-in-chief, Wan Biao of Nanjing, had sent his messenger to announce that the imperial army and navy have failed again to stop the Woku pirates. The pirates have been menacing the coastlines, for over a hundred years. They were primarily a mix of Japanese, Chinese, and Portuguese citizens. For many, it was easier to make a living in piracy than in the farming. The Tang Dynasty had its own trouble. The budget cuts had left the military with less training, less food, and less clothing. The nomad bandits were continuing to be relentless, 
and were having to be fought off both in the north and in the west. Oftentimes, the pirates seemed to be better off than the enlisted military. Louis was one of the young warrior monks who was selected to report with the Shaolin leader, Tian Yuan, to Mount Jie. The Qingtang River was once called the Jie River after the emperor. The Jie Mountain overlooked the entrance to Hangzhou. The warriors of Wu Tanshan of the Shanxi province and Fu Niu of Henan joined the Shaolin. Tian Yun announced his authority to lead this force, but he was quickly challenged by the other groups. A fight of hand-to-hand, then sword versus steel bar ensued. Tian Yun would lead these forces. This new warrior monk military firmly beat a number of the pirates later in the spring here on the foot of the mountain of Zhe. July 1553 A.D. Pirates brought more men at Wang Gong in the Hongpu River Delta. Over 100 warrior monks faced over 100 pirates. Louis fought beside his brothers, and they overpowered the pirates. The warrior monks lost only four men, but Tian Yun, their leader, was one of them. Tian Yun's death brought a surge into the warriors, and they chased the pirates for ten days south. They killed every one of them, and some of those that were protecting them. Louis watched as an army general was sent to lead the warriors. Once more, they defeated the pirates in the Hongpu Delta. The last battle was lost due to poor strategic preparation by the general. After that, the warrior monks disbanded and returned home. Louis saw hunger and death during his battles. His return to the Shallowing Forest was welcome. It wasn't very fancy, but it was pleasant. His training and discipline had saved his life and detoured the Woku pirates from ransacking local villages. He made it back to a stone for his meditation and to look over the Yellow River. I hope you enjoyed the story. It's based on actual facts and history. I had to connect some of the dots a little creatively, but that's what all good stories do. They explore possibility. On the resources page, you're going to see a little list. Ming period evidence of shallow and martial practice. Shallowin monks versus Japanese pirates. These are all historical references. And then, of course, Mr. Ben Juckins, the review, The Shallowin Monastery by Mir Shahar. I want to hear from you. What do you think? Do you have a good story? If you do, get in touch with us over at KungFuPodcast.com. You can find Hop, our mascot, over on YouTube, Google+. All the links are on the site and as well as on the uh, PDF file here, which will be kept at the White Bamboo Store. And the link will take you right there. You can also now find us on TuneIn, Stitcher, and iTunes. When you subscribe, it helps us to be found by others. And I personally thank you for the time you take to listen and to share it by subscribing. If you have an event that you want others to know about, then get a hold of me. I'd love to read about it, perhaps even put it here on the podcast. Practicing and applying Kung Fu and all of its various styles and systems has always been very rewarding to me. Part of the intent of Kung Fu Podcast is to share that and to support those of you out there who teach, practice, and try to live your life by some sort of code to have some sort of direction. That's always been very important to me because I'm far, far from where I want to be, but at least I'm trying to work my way in that direction. Thank you again for joining us here at Kung Fu Podcast, The Warrior Monks versus The Woku Pirates. <laughs>